Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerd at Recaps. I'm Greta Johnson. I'm Trisha Bobita, and joining us as always is Peter Sakel. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, no. What a good one, Peter. Thank you very much. That may be the only interesting thing I have to say for the duration of this podcast. Well, good. This is back to the old whinging days, I guess. <laughs> it might you know? well be. <laughs> so today we are discussing the 1993 film Dazed and Confused. It takes place in 1976, and essentially it's a last day of high school movie. There's the jocks, the stoners, the bitchy girls, and the nerds, and they're all supposed to go to a house party, but that gets canceled, so they all just kind of like drive around a lot and then end up partying in the woods. Um, that was the best I could do in terms of like extricating a plot from this film. Did I miss anything, you two? Uh, nope. Nope. That's about it. That's about it. Yeah. Just one yeah. day in the life, you know. <laughs> of a lot of people who grew up to be pretty famous after this movie. Super famous. Well, and Richard Linklater, too, the director. Like, this yeah. is... Yeah. I, I think... And <laughs> before we started recording, Peter, you were like... Who chose this movie? Why well, did no, we do this? I, I, and I and I guess I should say, I mean, this will be good news for people who are tired of hearing me talk. I have nothing really to say about this movie because I just didn't get it. I didn't understand it even well enough to hate it in an interesting way. I just, yeah. I just was watching it, and I'm going. I know people love this movie. They have been talking about this movie for almost thirty years. It's a beloved film. There are great people in it. And I just don't understand any of it. I don't understand why people like it. I don't understand what it means. The grumpy old white dudes expressing an opinion. Everybody gather around. Pretty much. Pretty much. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that a new jingle? That is a new new jingle. A hot new jingle. Grumpy old white dude. Grumpy old white dude. Our friends Paul and Storm rose to the occasion (laughs) and uh, have contributed uh, some new jingles. So that's, if if there's nothing else you'll be listening for this particular hour, ladies and gentlemen, we have at least that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a good time to bring those out, I suppose. That was exciting for me. I hadn't heard those That was very exciting. I think... This kind of speaks to something that we ended up talking about a little bit with Independence Day, Peter, which is that whole idea of like, if if you saw it at the right time, it's got a lot of meaning for you. Yeah. But if you didn't, it's not worth going back to and spending time with because it just isn't. Without question. But when we talked day. about Independence Day and like that person called in and said, oh, when I was 12 and I went to see it, it was just so great. Mm-hmm. It was like whiz bang. I was like, I get that. I mm-hmm. I totally, even though I didn't like the movie, I totally understand why it means so much to you. Yes, human connection. I don't I, I don't understand why people enjoy this Interesting. movie. Interesting. Well, luckily, we got a bunch of voicemails from people who do love this movie. So let's listen to those and then we'll discuss after that. By all means. Hi, Nerdette. This is Gina from Austin, Texas. Hey, this is Danny Hensel from Washington, D.C. Hi, this is Elizabeth from Schaumburg. Hey, Nerdette. And especially you, Peter, who apparently didn't get it. No surprise there. Ooh. This is Alan in Buffalo <laughs> calling to share just how incredibly relatable Days Confused was for a scrawny freshman entering high school in the late 90s and 
wanting so badly to be seen as cool by the older guys. I freaking love Dazed and Confused. I really love this movie. It preserves Austin in a way, gives you this little time capsule on what the city used to look like. Every moment of that movie rings 100% true for me. Uh, well, except for all of the savage beatings. Um, <laughs> we didn't really do that in my town. It's kind of my platonic ideal of a movie. There's no plot, just good vibes. There's amazing <laughs> period dress from the 70s. The parties, the tooling around in the cars, the smoke, all of it. Just 100% true. But further than that, the overlapping character development, you know, those trying to fit in with multiple evolving cliques. But then especially the soundtrack. It's just one of the best. And of course, it starts with Sweet Emotion, but you get, you know, Free Ride, Slow Ride, Right Place, Wrong Time by Dr. John, Summer Breeze, Bob Dylan's Hurricane, which I always forget about, um, which is <laughs> such a strange song to be putting in this movie, but um, it very much works. <laughs> the one thing it gets completely wrong are the moon towers. The moon towers have these, like, wide pole, a single pole, and then the rest of the structure's up above it. It doesn't look like the Eiffel Tower or whatever it was in the movie. And it would be really hard to climb. But it's one of those cultural milestones in my life. I'm 41. Um, and I think about in relation to Dazed and Confused, like, oh, wow, how old was I when that came out? Oh, how old am I now? I think this movie is like homoerotic, perverted, pedophilic. And yet I think it comments on all of that it looks at high school as this sort of one long series of you know minor victories and embarrassing defeats and character growth but also no one's really off the hook you know everyone is doing sort of problematic stuff um but i think a lot of it is forgivable because they're you know dumb teenagers and most of them are drunk and i say that obviously as like a middle-aged white girl who grew up in vermont um so it's a different sort of life than many people in this country have. No surprise you didn't get it, Peter. Curious to hear what the rest of Nerdette thinks. Thanks. All right, all right, all right. Well, well, thank you very much. I'm excited to hear the podcast. This was so long. You don't have to play all of it. Thank you very much. All right. You're welcome, Danny. We played it all. Even though I admitted that I totally did not get this movie, I'm a little insulted by the people who said, of course you didn't get this movie. Of course movie. you didn't get it, yeah. Well, Is it because they think that because we work in public radio, we didn't have any fun in high school? Are they just assuming? I mean, we also are branding ourselves as nerds in a pretty that's true. aggressive oh. way. Oh, so y'all y'all didn't eat mushrooms when you were 15? Is that what you're saying? Oh, right. <laughs> Greta has like a real, uh, real wild past in Alaska. We must I not mean, forget. yeah, like, yeah. All right. But I didn't see this movie in high school so when did you see it i didn't see it until several years after college right and right. i watched it with a guy i kind of had a crush on and so i spent a lot more time like measuring the distance between me and the dude on the couch than i did Ooh. actually caring about the movie so mm -hmm. it never really it i mean and i think there are things about it i yeah I want to hear when y'all watched it for the first time and then we can get into it. Trisha, this is your first time seeing it ever, right? Yep. I saw it for the first time last night. I was almost certain I was going to really dislike it because yeah. movies about people breaking rules make me nervous <laughs> when it's like these kinds of rules. Like my, my most quintessential example is I cannot enjoy the movie Almost Famous. Like oh, yeah. I, I have watched it repeatedly. Which, like, you should love that movie. I like that movie. I should love that movie. It's about a, a teenage journalist, but I get I get physically anxious when he's not meeting his deadlines. 
for this big opportunity to write this story for Rolling Stone. So for like the last third of the movie when he's like, oh, I got to write the story, but instead I'm going to do something else. And like his editor's mad at him on the phone. Like my heart starts to beat faster. Like I can't. It's really uncomfortable for me when people break rules. I, I just had this flash this of you being forced to watch that movie like in Clockwork Orange with your eyes held open. Like, no, he's missing a deadline. No. It makes me really upset when he's not taking seriously this really great journalistic opportunity. That's hilarious. Um, Anyway, but this, uh, and also like I wasn't a stoner in high school. I would have had no idea that this party was happening in the woods if it was happening in my high school. Uh, (laughs) As I said during our Clueless episode, uh, I didn't really go to high school. I covered it as a journalist because I was the editor of the school paper and TV station and yearbook um, and all those things. But, But yeah, so I mean... I actually liked it more than I thought I was going Good. to. Good, I was hoping that's what you were going to say because you had such low expectations. Because I was sure that I was just going to find it sort of vapid and stonery and oh, well, not great, that funny. Actually. Um, but I, yeah, I think you know, pulling pulling some threads out of those voicemails, the music is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get a T-shirt that says "No Plot, Good Vibes." Yes, <laughs> as that I one guy just that. said. Yep. Um, and I also now have a lot more questions about moon towers than I thought I was going mm. to, but I don't know if we can get some moon tower research by next I, episode. I, I, because I was just trying to figure out what the hell, I researched <laughs> moon towers. Oh, and good. they're a thing. They're right. a real thing. They're in Austin. They're, they're in Austin and apparently other places in Texas. And they were a very early form of um, public illumination. They, mm-hmm. The idea was to build these very high towers with very powerful lights to illuminate whole kinds of area, presumably to stop crime, including, um, uh, I, I came across this in Wikipedia, like there was this serial killer known as like the secretary executioner or what? something. It was oh, really God. weird. It's very frightening. But apparently, and they're still there. Uh, and uh, although, and I also found out that there isn't just one they used in the movie a bunch of different ones, depending on the shot, including uh, they built like a, a replica of the lower, like 20 feet of one to shoot the ones around mm-hmm. its base. But that's Sarah. I found that out. Now I know about moon towers well, in great. Texas. We'll call that a win. That's something. So yeah. Peter, when mm-hmm. do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Well, let me think. Going back in time, it's hard. I mean, I've been around for a while and my right, memories and what it was. But it was Tuesday night was the first time really? I saw this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think well, I said this, this. And this is always the worst way to see a movie when you've seen, when you've just been receiving, in this case, decades of buildup. Oh my God, yeah. this yeah. masterpiece. Oh my God, these these young actors in their first roles. Oh my God, the movie that made Matthew McConaughey a star and introduced that catchphrase. Uh, oh my God, one of the early movies of a legitimately great filmmaker, Richard Linklater, and you have yeah. all this in your head and you sit down and you're watching it and you're watching it and you're watching it and, you're and like, your wife looks what? at you and says, I'm going to sleep and she leaves and you're watching it. And you're, and, 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 and eventually, I, I hate to say this, I, I figured out at one point that it was about a, a one day, right? That it was yes. going to be just one day, the yeah. last day of school. Yeah. And I, I, I just started praying for sunrise, like the heroes <laughs> in a vampire movie, you know? It was like... Burn them all? But save me, let feeling. this end. I, I mean, and again, I, I, you know, there there was a time, believe it or not, when I was much more judgmental than I am now. I know, I believe and, it. <laughs> and I would say, oh my God, this is uh, this is objectively terrible. This is stupid. This is worthless because I didn't get it. And now I'm just I'm finally wise enough to know that what's really going on is I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even have a good handle. I mean, like with Independence Day, I could say, well, this is why this is bad, because I know what they were trying to do, and I could see when they failed. I don't know what this movie was about. The one thing I was able to find out, this is not my insight, this is Richard Linklater, 
uh, they did this. I've just found this. They did this event to celebrate the movie in 2012 around its 20th anniversary. And this is what Linklater said about why he made the movie. Was he like, no plot, just good vibes? <laughs> Almost. He said, <laughs> he, he's talking about the movie. He said, he described it as an inverse John Hughes film. And he said, and yeah. I quote, the drama is so low key. I don't remember teenage being that dramatic. I remember just trying to go with the flow, socialize, fit in, be cool. The stakes were really low. To get Aerosmith tickets or not, that's a big thing. It was really rare when the star-crossed lovers from the opposite side of the tracks and the girl gets pregnant and there's a car crash and somebody dies. That didn't really happen much. But riding around and trying to look for something to do with the music cranked up, now that happened a lot. And I'm like, okay, I get that. I yeah. even read, I think it was Roger Ebert's review that made the same point that it was it, that yeah. it was a movie that that knew that all these like teenage dramas going back decades to I don't know uh, James Dean and that that's all nonsense because too many stakes, too many too much stakes. And in fact, for most people, especially in modern America, teenage life is mostly boredom and routine. I don't know though. What I will say, like I'm a person who really loves last day of school movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one I didn't connect with with Days and Confused as much because it came out too soon for me. But Can't Hardly Wait came out later in the 90s when I was in middle school. And I just loved it. And I think what a really good last day of school movie does is, I mean, in some ways, like the stakes are just right there, right? When you're finishing something that maybe has been really boring, but you still don't know what to, you know, it's such an amazing transitional time in terms of you have no idea what your future will bring you're terrified to actually be an adult you're not ready to do that but you're sort of being pushed out of the nest you know like I think that's actually a pretty amazing storytelling point and like can be an incredible crux and and can't hardly wait certainly isn't a perfect film it doesn't totally hold up though I did watch it a couple months ago it's still pretty hilarious and I think it does a lot of things better than dazed and confused does um, but I think the best last day of school movie is Book Smart, which just came out yeah. a couple of years ago and is excellent. I love that movie. And, and I was thinking, uh, go ahead. Right. Please. You were comparing it to that too. I mean, it's yeah, just yeah, so head, much more anyway. effective, I think. At, well, you know, it, it's, it's also so much more a movie, uh, because, <laughs> and this is, and this is the sort of thing I think Richard Linklater was talking about. In Booksmart, which I saw when it came out, we interviewed Olivia Wilde, and it's mm-hmm. great, among other reasons, because it's finally one of those movies from a, a woman's perspective, as opposed to like this one and most of them, which are about boys. Yeah. Uh, is that it's a movie. There's a plot. There's, you know, are they going to get to this there's party? There's stakes. Yeah. There's stakes. Is, is you know, there's one, one of the characters is in love with this other girl. Is she going to make that happen? There's even a serial killer plot, which is fun. <laughs> And and I could hear Richard Linklater say, if he was here, it's like, yeah, but none of that stuff actually happens. They, people don't run into serial right, killers right. in the last night of high school. It's like, yeah, but we're not watching the last night of high school. We're watching a movie, and, <laughs> and movies should be entertaining and and have structure and be you know and and make you wonder what's happening next and all the other pleasures of movie going. I and, think we're all just pretty big fans of narrative. Yeah, yeah. well, there's that. But it's but I think you know to your point of I just don't get it like there are there there are certainly lots of movies where narrative takes a backseat to the good vibes. Well, and, you know, or... and and that's the thing I kept thinking about this as a last day of school movie, and that's even how I described it at the top. But I think actually, like I don't think it's a good last day of school movie. I think it's actually a pretty decent stoner movie. Yeah, I, a lot of people. I think that's exactly it what that it's way. supposed to be. You know, yeah. and then if you frame it in your like half bakes and your dude wears my car. 
then it's like, okay, fine. Mm. Like, it's good vibes, you know? You know what's interesting? We've been talking about it like it's a last day of school movie. Uh, and it is, but it's not a. For most of the characters, they're going to become seniors, right? Or freshmen, yeah. Or it's, freshmen. It's not even that yeah. moment you were talking about when you're like, "Oh my God, high school's over. Now what?" And and yeah, we all look back on that moment. I remember the night I graduated high school really yeah. vividly for that reason. It's like that's the end of like stage one of yeah. your life. What's next? But this isn't even that. It's the end of a school year. The the seniors are torturing the freshmen. Some kids are going to be freshmen. Oh my God, what's next? And and the answer the answer is the same. What's next? The same. And, and in yeah. fact... It, Literally it, for O'Bannon or whatever that kid's name is, Ben Affleck's character, who's flunked senior year and will man, be back. what a jerk. Or even more for Wooderson, Matthew McConaughey, who's out of high school and he's still not moving on. It's, it's he's fun- just working for the city. It's, yeah, working for the city. It's funny. There's, there's, there's this whole thing there's there's like a big speech at the end where the i think it's pink is his name the football player yes i think we yeah. have that and actually i'm pretty let's, and, sure and, and, we've got if that you, clip. if you weren't, aren't watching and imagine he's standing there and i uh, believe it or not the breeze is actually tousling his hair like <laughs> luke skywalker <laughs> like luke skywalker <laughs> come on pink i can't believe this you act like you're so oppressed and you guys are kings of the school you get away with whatever you want what are you bitching about well, look, I mean, all I'm saying is that if I ever start referring to these as the best years of my life, remind me to kill myself. Well, all I'm saying is I just want to look back and say that I did it the best I could while I was stuck in this place. Had as much fun as I could when I was stuck in this place. Played as hard as I could when I was stuck in this place. Dogged as many chicks as I could when I was stuck in this place. <laughs> That's it. That's the movie's thesis statement. I know. Right that's there. like the that's most what they build up to. Self-reflective. Yeah, throwing a little misogyny toward the end. Just a uh, just a sprinkle. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's it's a YOLO. Yeah. Of the 1990s. But it's a movie about being stuck in a place. That's mm-hmm. the movie. It's it's almost like waiting for Godot in high school. Nothing ever <laughs> changes, right? This is the day they don't leave. They don't go anywhere. They just hang out. Nothing much happens. I mean. Is anything different? I mean, let me put it this way. Years ago, a playwright friend of mine said, any play, but you can expand this to any like work of narrative, has to be about the most important day in, in that character's life, the day that hmm. everything changes. Out of all the days of his life or her life, why are we watching this one? Why is this one interesting? And it's almost as if this movie says, no, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Yeah. It's just well, the think, day. But Linklater is not... M- um, he didn't accidentally leave out the plot. No, without he question. He set out to make a movie with no plot. I, I read somewhere on the internet that um, his original vision for the movie was that it would literally just take place with a group of friends listening to music in the car in like one shot. Exactly. Basically. <laughs> oh, uh, ZZ Top specifically. Yeah. And just, just, one, just one hang with some kids. And you can, like, you can argue, and I think we are, that that maybe doesn't make it a... Um, stimulating film, but it's a piece of art. Oh. Like it's a piece of art, and it captures a moment and a mood and a and a sound of a place. Like the person who said that it, like, you know, sort of reminds them of that moment in Austin. It's a it's a long piece of art. Then because That's funny too, because I think it has no. I think you. I like. I had to Google where it took place. I don't. I don't think you would know unless you were from Austin that it's an like it's not an inherently Austin movie. Yeah, they never know? say we're in Austin, and they never show any yeah, of like, like the iconic generic, Austin images, like the University or Congress Street or the Congress Street Bridge. It's. It, it, I think it's supposed. When I read various summaries, 
it's a small town in Texas. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. the the sense of time is much stronger yeah. than the sense yeah. of place. Yeah. Yeah. And the sense of time I actually found to be a little heavy handed. There was one point where it's like, okay, I get it. You found the cars. <laughs> you know? It's like, or the, the cigarettes, 60 cents Cigarette thing. I'm 60 curious. Cents. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Obviously, you know, Link later was remembering back to his high school days, essentially, is what this is, right? Which is why it takes Well, and place. he was actually sued by three kids he went to high school with because he used their yes. names. <laughs> including Wooderson. Oh, that's amazing. Good for them. It was dismissed, I believe. <laughs> that's hilarious. But they sued him. To paraphrase uh, Ed Harris in Apollo 13, what do we have in the movie that's good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you, I, I liked uh, the, the most interesting character for me was the, the rising freshman. Yeah. The guy oh, who yeah. gets He's beat up early the with the long hero. hair. Yeah. He was great. And, and the scene where he bought liquor... And took on Wooderson's attitude yeah. was charming and funny, and 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 because he was presented as like the guy who actually has a journey, he's like the, this this loser kid who gets beaten up by the bully, and then he gets accepted by the cool kids and sort of ad- and adopts that. And he has a good day, and I'm like, okay, good for you, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that kid has a good day, and you know he comes yes. home at dawn having you know drank some beers, gotten his you know his butt spanked with a paddle but also getting to make out with a girl he likes and his mom's like did you have fun and he's like no get out of jail (laughs) yeah so that was nice well matthew mcconaughey is legitimately great in the role i mean this movie did give us matthew mcconaughey like you you kind of you know said that earlier but he apparently uh the story goes that he walked up to Linklater in a bar and was like i want to be in that movie you're shooting over here because a lot of the casting was local folks who you know they just Hmm. took local teens and and early 20 somethings and put him in all those scenes of those movies and he was not that character was not meant to be that character he improvised yeah. a lot of that he um was just so sort of charismatic and clearly a star a movie star that yeah, he, he really is he like was gonna just be a local extra almost i mean and it then is all that swagger the person yeah. you might remember that was great um, i really love parker posey always and it was yeah, fun to see her just i don't know i mean I obviously found the bitchy girls to be super problematic, but like, I do feel like it's got to be kind of fun to play that role, right? Where you just get to be a bitchy girl. (laughs) And it did (laughs) seem like they were all having a great time. No, I just think like, it just sounds fun. To get to be a true villain. (laughs) To like, to be handed a role where it's like, you get to just like be a horrible person you know and i Every, did uh, i loved their little shirts that said senior on them too i thought those were fun <laughs> um i having not seen this movie until last night uh i had like a vague understanding that some of the things that happened in my school were inspired maybe by a movie or this movie now mm. i know how unoriginal they were because really? this ritual happened in my school yes the hazing? yes no oh god that's horrible the the ritual of uh rising seniors tormenting rising freshmen yeah of boys uh sort of with paddles and pickup trucks and with Jesus. us we were at lake geneva as eighth graders being marched up to the water having stuff poured all over us by rising senior girls like that happened oh, to me that's horrible. wow and i didn't know that it was so derivative I would have been extra do you think mad. It was, do you think it was derivative? Do you think your school started doing it because of Dazed and Confused yes. or that your school, yeah, that that you're sense. absolutely certain about 100%, that? 100%. Okay. Because it was, it was exactly what happened in the movie, basically. And oh, that's I would have been a rising 
uh, rising freshman into high school in 2000. So this movie had been out for seven years and sort of like yeah. infiltrated the the idea of what high school's supposed to be and what people are supposed to do. Oh, because do you start high school in eighth grade there? No, like so like graduating eighth grade, going into ninth. Oh, okay. Because okay, I was okay. a freshman right. in 2000. So they all had an outing to Lake Geneva, yeah. So yeah, 2001. The only reason I, I wonder about that is, first of all, that that whole aspect of the movie, this hazing of freshmen, was completely alien to me. I had never heard of such a thing, never seen of such a thing. It's so I stupid. I couldn't figure out what was going it's on terrible. for a long time because it was so alien to my experience. But it's also really, I so I just naturally assume this is a thing that happens in some high schools. Well, maybe doesn't anymore, but it used to. It's just hard for me to imagine Trish as somebody who didn't already participate in that, watching this movie and saying, that looks like fun. Let's do that at our school. Yeah. As opposed to, say, like a toga party in Animal House. Everybody right. started having toga parties <laughs> when Animal sure, House came sure. out because that looked like fun. But or, yeah. that did not look like fun to yeah, me. No, so no. It did. I it mean, that terrible. is ridiculous physical abuse that is being played off as a game. And it's not okay. It's gross. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we actually have a voicemail kind of about that. This is Lucia. Hi, Nerdettes and Peter. This is Lucia from Northern California. And I was just wanting to tell you my thoughts on uh, Dazed and Confused. I did not watch the entire film. It was just too excruciating from the um, scene where the girls are being hazed by the senior girls in the parking lot and their treatment by the boys and the girls as well to the character that Ben Affleck played, who was such a sadist, it was it made me cringe. I came to this film thinking it would be fun because unlike, I think, the three of you, I was actually in high school in 1976. Mm-hmm. And granted, it was California, but it was nothing like this film. I will say that they got the music and the costumes spot on. That's That was the music we listened to, and that was the way we looked. I also don't understand why Matthew McConaughey was the only one with an accent. Maybe I'm just too old for this film. I, I doubt I was the target audience when it was made, but um, I think that if any of you are interested in a movie about the last day of high school, American Graffiti is probably a much better choice. Anyway, just my two cents. Thanks for listening. Well said, well said. Yeah, I have a friend who's, I think the age, and we kind of hinted at this, but in the in her batch of positive voicemails to someone said, I think she said she's 41 which means that she was in high school when the movie came out in 93. And I really do think that's kind of the sweet spot for a movie like this. And it reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend of mine who's 42. And and when I told her we were going to be recapping 90s movies, she was like, but you guys all just missed that. You know, like especially these high school movies. It's one thing mm-hmm. like, Trisha, you and I were way too young. And Peter, by then you were too old. And so yes. it's like <laughs> a lot of these movies were not made for us in those ages, you know? Yeah. And this one, I think, feels the most acutely like that so far. I, you know, you might be right because there are certain movies that you see in high school that either you love because they either sum up your life or they sum up what you want your life to be. We talked about that with Clueless. Yeah. Like, I'm sure for a lot of people who saw Clueless who weren't yet in high school, like, yeah, this is what life's going to be like. 
You know, I mean, it's like what Animal House was for me when I saw it and I was 13. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what college is going to be like. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and yeah, that was my can't hardly wait was like, right. you know, eighth grade. Like, oh, my God, the parties. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. Totally. And, and although now that we've said all that, it's very hard to imagine anybody. Watch- well, I take that back. I was going to say it's hard to imagine anybody watching this movie who wasn't yet in high school and thinking it's going to be great. I'm going to get to beat people up or be beaten up. Both fun. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean. I, I wouldn't make it one of my 10 favorite films of all time, like Quentin Tarantino has repeatedly done. Oh, we'll talk about Mr. Tarantino and his skewed view of life very soon. Very but soon. Yeah. <laughs> teaser I, teaser uh, trailer. We're watching Pulp Fiction next week. Yes, we <laughs> For are. For those who are listening. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I Again, I don't have anything against the people who love this movie. I don't have anything against this movie. It's, it's fine. I, I, I would rather you see Bernie, which is my favorite Linklater movie. Um, but that's all I got. In fact, we do have just at least a little more to say about Dazed and Confused in just a minute. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I saved my favorite voicemail for last. Should we listen to it now? Are y'all sure? Okay, here's Laura. And I should say, this is actually something she tweeted in response to your question, Peter. Yeah. And, um, And I thought it was so good that I harassed her personally and was like, please, will you record this and send it in? So here we go. Hey, Nerdette, this is Laura from Ohio. I need a Venn diagram of guys who worship this movie and their relation to, one, those who say Catcher in the Rye is their favorite book, and two, fervent rewatchers of Entourage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming she would think that is approaching a circle, that Venn diagram. A lot of people responded and were like, isn't that just a circle? And then there were a lot of very defensive men who were like, well, I didn't like Entourage, but Dazed and Confused is great, which I just thought was very funny. Men were defensive on Twitter? (laughs) Stop the presses. They sure were. Even though the movie has a lot of women in it, some of whom, as you say, went on to be very, very famous. Like, there's Mila Jojovich. Um, Yeah. uh, Turns out she was already famous at the time, but Mm. who knows? I really love Joey Lord and Adams, too. I just think she's great. Yeah, they're great actors and actresses in this movie, and we already talked about Parker Posey, but I gotta say, it's such a male... It's so oriented toward the male perspective. It's so... Yeah, not for a moment in any of these groups, even though there are like 10 different sort of groups of kids, none of them really get us inside the the female mind point of view, except maybe the like the nerds, the Anthony Rapp and Goldberg and the redheaded actress whose name I'm, of course, blanking on. Which Her last name ironic. is Rabisi because she's uh, G- uh, the, the Giovanni Rabisi's his name from the guy from. Uh, you can Saving tell Private her. Ryan, that you guy. can tell us her relation to another man. Twin, Marissa. Twin Marissa. 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 Marissa Rabisi. Yeah, and and her existence in the movie seems her big plot twist is when she kind of falls for Wooderson. That's well, but, she's the intellectual who's like taken with the bad boy. Does she oh, fall boy. for him oh, nice. or does he just harass her? Let's listen to the clip. And <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Oh, Christ. How you doing? Pretty good. Cool. You heard about the party being busted, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not to worry. There's a new fiesta in the making as we speak. 
It's out at the Moon Tower. Full kegs. Everybody's gonna be there. You ought to go. Okay. Okay, we'll be there. Okay. Say so you need a ride? Uh, no, I got my own car. Thanks. Yeah, She's listen, sitting in the driver's seat of the car. In the car with now get in with us, but that's all right. We'll worry about that later. I will see you there. All right. Bye. I love those redheads, man. I know you. <laughs> we had geography together, remember? Oh, oh God, Dick! It was so creepy. Ah, why are you smiling? I thought he was cute. Oh, that's you thought he was cute? <laughs> Do you realize when he graduated, we were like three years old? Oh, Cynthia, what are you thinking? Oh. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to still go? <laughs> yeah, what the hell, I guess. <laughs> I, it, it, when you, if you can't see him, because he has a kind of menacing look to him, and that you just mustache. hear him, Matthew McConaughey is so funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. Got the stoner accent. Totally. Got the fiesta going on by the moon tower. That was funny. <laughs> Maybe I'm finally seeing the light. I should have watched it with my eyes closed. <laughs> That's an interesting... Maybe next time we should try that. <laughs> Maybe. We're going to watch Pulp Fiction with our eyes closed? So, yeah, I ended up... I, I wouldn't say I had it out with somebody on Twitter, but someone was sort of... he. I think he was concerned about the distinction between those three things. What three things? And uh, oh, the movie Entourage, uh, Entourage Catcher, in, Catcher the in the Rye, and Dazed and Confused, and and he was like, "Well, what do those three things have in common?" And this woman was like, "I'm not going to explain it to you. Look it up." And then he was like, "Jesus, sorry, I asked." Yeah, I, I so I chimed that, yeah. in, and I said just something like, "You know, th- I think this movie and you can easily argue those other things to kind of have have pretty harmful, antiquated versions of of masculinity." And and he wrote back and said this movie is satire, and so all of those things like it, it's satirical versions of that. And I can't, I'm not sure that that's actually the case. I think you can definitely argue that in the case of like the coach or our Ben Affleck character, but like there's a lot of like underhanded creepy stuff. In well, this, and that was how we movie. excused everything that's ridiculous about Clueless. We just kept saying the movie knows. So does this right. movie know? I, I think uh, yeah. It- I'm. Do, do you think it does? I think it does, in, 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 but what what Clueless knew about its characters was that they were ridiculous and funny. And what this movie knows about its characters is that they're pointless and boring. <laughs> and, and the fact that it's very honest about the things they care about is somewhat pointless and dull and meaningless doesn't make it more interesting for us. I mean, the thing, <laughs> the thing it has in common with Entourage and Catcher in the Rye is it's basically about guys and their obsessions or jerks really people who are not particularly pleasant but it still has sympathy for these unpleasant men men who are wandering around trying to satisfy their various urges as if that's dramatic you Mm -hmm. know and you know is uh holding caulfield going to have fun well (laughs) it it presumes you care about these obnoxious young men and i can totally see uh, our our caller's point that if you don't happen to care deeply emotionally about the life trajectory of obnoxious young men, there's not a lot there for you. I kept thinking about you guys mentioned comparing it to to Booksmart, which I kept doing too, but also thinking this movie came before so many of those movies that then played with this idea. Yeah, and totally. Like literally, this, like so, yeah. Booksmart owes something to Dazed and Confused. Oh, oh absolutely, for sure. Well, uh, and uh, and there's a bunch. Oh, and I would say in the same way, Freaks and Geeks, which I. 
Yes, love. I actually wanted to talk about Freaks and Geeks because I think that's a really interesting one to compare to this in terms of the the t- and in that case it's a TV show. It just ran for one season, but it came out in the late '90s and very similarly was run by showrunners who had been in high school pretty much 17 years before that. Right. Almost and and exactly. that show, of course, was created by Judd Apatow and had Seth Rogen in it. Yeah, and it was James early Franco. Days of all those guys. Much like this movie, it launched a lot of very significant careers. And it had that same like nostalgia yeah, value. Yeah. And it has this this combo of the little brother, older sister sort of core, mm-hmm. yeah. where you have the the Martin Starr and uh, oh. you know like the the geeky freshman, and then the sort of stoner seniors kind so of good. kind of idea. Yeah, right. So good. Uh, there, you know, one of the things that should be mentioned is that one of the reasons there's so many movies and I guess novels about high school and TV shows, as we just mentioned, is because you've got this. What happens is you're in your 20s, you're ambitious, you're artistic, you want to make films, you want to write TV shows. What's your material? What what do you, what, what's yeah. most important to you? What well, do you know? What do you know? As they say, write what you know. Well, high school, man. High school was so dramatic. High school, and this may be the thing that that. Um, that this movie gets right is that even though, as Linklater said, the stuff that actually happens in high school is pretty boring from a dramatic perspective to the people going through it. It's very important, right? Oh, totally. Whether or not it's, they get invited to the party, have. whether they get to make out to the girl. Yeah. And so there's this sense like, yeah, this was the height of drama. This was, we're so friggin' psyched to hear what Peter's got to say about how things were when he was young. <laughs> That's a good one. I think. Wait, can we hear it again? I just want to wanna experience it one more. I'm just, they're new. I just want to hear the lyrics. We're so friggin' psyched to hear what Peter's got to say about how things were when he was young. Okay. These, to be fair, Peter, are much That's gentler good. than some of the ones That's from true. Thrones. That's true, yeah. I mean, the the short, bald game yeah, show Yeah, I know. Host, we're, all, we're all mellowed with which age. Which we're very mean. This is, this, this, is, this is the kind of vicious parodies you get when you've been locked inside for six months <laughs> and you just want human connection. Everything's just toned down a <laughs> little. Plus, you know... Age comes for us all. Am I right, Paul and Storm? (laughs) Well, the other thing I will say about high school and that you see in this movie is that it's the perfect kind of Petri dish of a bunch of different kinds of people, which is much more difficult to justify later in life, I think. Just in terms of like, how do you get a story with people who otherwise have pretty much nothing in common? Right. You know, they go to high school together. And then all of a sudden, that's all you you need. You wait a few years and you make a workplace comedy. That's right. even that, like the the vast differences of people in public high school is the only place you see them like near adults, yeah, actually shoulder to shoulder, right? Who like, are never like, going to hang out again. I mean, like uh, Thirty Rock is a great workplace comedy, but Wooderson would have no place in that particular venue. <laughs> right, exactly. Why don't we listen to what I guess is the climax of the film when when the kid talks to the coach, none of whose right. names I can remember because I didn't care enough. Pink. To the extent there is a plot, it's about whether or not Pink is going to sign this pledge to not do drugs. Let's and, listen. Right. You don't even know that. Randy. How can you even pretend to talk that way, huh? Okay, Randy. I shouldn't do this, but I'm willing to wipe the slate clean and forget about all of this. I want you to finally get your priorities straightened out, quit hanging out with that bunch of hoodlums, and sign your commitment to your team. Have you done that yet? I'm still thinking about it. No one's paying you to think about it. Just do it, son. You know, Coach, I got to get going. Me and my loser friends, you know, we got to go get Aerosmith tickets. Top priority of the summer. Oh, Coach, uh, I forgot. I might play ball, but I will never sign that. 
top priority of the top summer. Top priority of the summer. It is funny thinking, like, if that's really the climax of the film, like, even that is just so, like, that was it. It's small. <laughs> it's very <laughs> understated, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's drama. Oh, I, I want to ask you about one other thing. Uh, Mara, again, my wife said, instead of doing this movie, you should have done Empire Records. Oh, yeah. We have gotten a lot of Empire Records requests, even though we have not solicited requests. <laughs> not only have I never seen that movie, I don't, I've never even heard of it. I totally missed it. But apparently it was a seminal movie Ooh, is it of my wife's Someone youth. from this one is also in that one. I can't remember who it was now, but I was looking at that. I... Um, Oh, I think it was the the blonde, like the gingerish blonde guy with glasses, the like older nerd. Oh, that was Anthony Rapp. Yes, who um, went on to also... create uh, one of the roles in uh, in Rent and do the movie. Yes, yeah. he is yeah, also yeah. in Empire Records. Yeah. Um, I saw Empire Records, but it also did not blow my mind. Hmm. I think because I it just the timing wasn't right. Yeah, there you are. All right, so we are watching Pulp Fiction next week, yes. which we should warn you has a lot of gore and profanity and racial slurs. It is a Tarantino movie after all, so do keep that in mind. Um, but also, do y'all know how long Pulp Fiction is? Not to fixate how long on is movie Pulp length Fiction? or anything. Uh-oh. It is 180 minutes. Holy oh, moly. That is long. It is three you get, fucking hours. You get a lot of movie yes. for that time, though. Do you? You really do. You get like four whole movies. That's the whole point. Oh God! It's an anthology film. Well, you smooth that out. That's a that's a bargain at, at twice the price. Yeah. Isn't no, it? I have I have. Oh, oh, oh I, I will make up for my lack of anything to say this week. Next <laughs> week. Should we just do a preemptive jingle on that, Justin? <laughs> He's the best Jewish male public radio host when you can't afford Ira Glass. <laughs> See, that one's a lot meaner. That's an old one. Yeah. Like, that's pretty harsh. And we're all losing our edge, I guess. Peter, I can say definitively, I would much rather talk about dumb movies with you than Ira Glass. <laughs> <laughs> you should take that as a compliment. I and Ira Glass that. should take that as a little bit of a dig. A little bit. Ira Glass has more important things to do than talk about dumb movies. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, he's he won the first Pulitzer for audio, but I at least have been on record of why Independence Day sucks. So, you know, it all balances out. Call it a win. You're having similar years. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week. Thanks to all of you who called in and left voicemails. They were all glorious. The show is produced by me and Justin Bull. Our executive producer is Brendan Banazak. And our amazing theme music is composed by Andrew Edwards of Blue Police Box Music. See you all next week. Um, I have something I'm, I'm texting to Peter, you, and Greta right now because it's a response from my mother about our last recap. Oh, oh wow. Well. Right in real time. So this is I happening? wanted you to experience it. Oh, was it the cursing? Last week was when I cursed about... Good morning. Love the recap. As a matter of fact, that was the best fucking... Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so fucking good. Oh, my God. Marsha. I don't give a shit what anybody says. You guys are the best fucking recappers in the whole fucking world. <laughs> Marsha, I love so, you too. She, wow. Uh, Have you ever seen her write like that to you? No, never. I've never I've never seen a curse word in a text message from my mother. Are you okay? I was grounded at the age of 12 for saying the word frick. No, frick? Yeah. Frick? F-R-I-C-K got you in trouble? Yeah, because it was 
I was using a curse word out of anger. I, I will say on your behalf, that's freaking bullshit. <laughs> right? Thank you. <laughs> Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.